Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Former President Trump says the FBI has taken his passports along with other privileged materials. Now he's demanding them back. All this while the White House says the raid was not political. Trump today posted on Truth Social in the raid by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, they stole my three passports along with everything else. This along with other privileged attorney-client materials that the FBI has taken. Trump is asking an immediate return of those documents. In an interview with Fox today, Trump said he will do whatever he can to help the country that is in a very dangerous position. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre told ABC News that the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago property was not political. Department of Justice, when it comes to law enforcement, is independent. This is what we believe, and this is what the president has said. But former federal prosecutor and Trump official Kash Patel said normally the DOJ refrains from going after a politician around an election cycle, saying also the DOJ will call and issue a subpoena for documents rather than issuing a search warrant. Here to discuss the ongoing fallout from the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago, as well as the one-year anniversary since 13 Marines were killed during the troop drawdown in Afghanistan. Our next guest is Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe. Congressman Greg Stubbe, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Congressman, you are an Iraq war veteran yourself. Uh, we thank you for your service. Um, we're one year out from the withdrawal of Afghanistan where 13 Marines were killed in the waning days, paying the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, what questions still remain from the Afghanistan withdrawal? Well, as you, you and I sit here having a conversation over a year, a year later, uh, there's still Americans stuck in Afghanistan, and we have no answers as to who they are. Are they attempting to get out? The last time Secretary Blinken was at um, the Foreign Affairs Committee, he stated there was like 40-something, 100-something that wanted to get out, and there was another report that 800-something were, were taken out over the last year. So obviously, their numbers don't match up. Their numbers have never matched up. How many Americans are still stuck behind enemy lines dealing with the Taliban to get out, and how many of them were killed by the Taliban, how many operators that were Afghan nationals that assisted our service members were killed after the takeover. Uh, all of this could have been prevented. And um, it, it's a sad day in America where $80 billion worth of military equipment was surrendered to a terrorist organization. Now, we've all recently seen the reports that uh, al-Qaeda's number one in command was allegedly killed in Afghanistan. Uh, should we be celebrating this, or should we be more concerned that he made his way back into Afghanistan uh, reportedly six months after the U.S. withdrew? Yeah, what this tells us, uh, because he was killed openly on a balcony in downtown Kabul, is that al-Qaeda is out and, and operating openly in Afghanistan. And obviously the Taliban, uh, because they work together on terrorist activities, there's no check and balance there. So al-Qaeda is flooding back into Afghanistan because they know they have a safe haven that is the Taliban that runs the country. And, you know, I'm not privy to the intel that we had to take him out. But what that shows you is that you have the leader of al-Qaeda in downtown Kabul standing outside in his balcony, which allegedly he did on a regular basis. So they are living out in open, in public, and everybody knows that they're there. And that should cause some real significant concern because Secretary Blinken and others said, oh, al-Qaeda is not going to come back uh, if we if we withdraw from Afghanistan. That's exactly what's occurred.
Congressman, I want to get your thoughts on the FBI's uh, raid of, of Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Uh, the latest uh, former President Trump's government and, and personal passports uh, have been confiscated in this raid. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a sad day in America where you have the weaponized Justice Department targeting a president and basically using subterfuge to go in there and search for documents. Allegedly, he didn't turn over classified information. Well, he was the president of the United States. He can declassify information if he chooses to do that. Uh, there's so many things here that are wrong on so many different levels. There was another report this morning that 14 different whistleblowers have gone to uh, ranking member Jim Jordan about this specific raid. That tells you that there is a ton of information that we don't have, and the information that we do have doesn't make any sense. We have a weaponized, politicized Department of Justice that is targeting a former president and the number one contender to take on Joe Biden in 2024. And that should give every American a uh, pause as to what's going on in our justice system right now. What impact do you see the raid having on the midterms? Well, you've already seen a huge increase, like 10% increase in support in polling for President Trump's reelection if he decides to run, which I think he's going to. Uh, and I think this galvanizes people in the midterms because those that were moderate, those that were independent, see this for what this is. You have a completely politicized DOJ that went after a former president and the number one contender to take on Joe Biden in the midterm or in the in 2024. This is absolutely what the American people don't stand for is a uh, political justice system. Our justice system should be fair and equal for all and treated universally based on the crime. And that's absolutely not what's happening here. And I think this is galvanizing those people that are like, OK, this is going way too far. Um, this is taking a step way too far in the politicization of our uh, Justice Department. Iraq War veteran, Congressman Greg Stubbe, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said that his state was sending buses of illegal immigrants to Democrat-run sanctuary cities in hopes that they will urge President Biden to secure the border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is taking donations to transport illegal border crossers to Washington, D.C. and New York City. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser and New York City Mayor Eric Adams complained that they did not have the resources to support the influx of illegal immigrants. Abbott said that they were being hypocritical. Now, once they have to deal with the reality of it, uh, they're suddenly uh, flummoxed uh, and they cannot handle it. They are now getting a taste of what we're having to deal with. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn says that some illegal immigrants threaten the bus drivers to stop in her home state of Tennessee. She said many are trying to get to airports or hubs where they can work off their debt for the cartels. Many of them have that debt to work out. So getting to one of these hubs and working in whatever way, labor gangs, the sex trafficking, which to me, the way the women and children are being treated is just awful. Blackburn blamed President Biden's policies for the crisis and added that every state is a border state until the southern border is secured. The southern border continues to be flooded with illegal immigrants from all over the world. Just a few days ago, I spoke with Texas Congressman Brian Babin on what the situation looks like now. Here's our discussion. 
Congressman Brian Babin, thank you for joining us. Great to be with you, Steve. Congressman, I want to ask you about a uh, recent bipartisan bill that was introduced in the Senate. Uh, Senator Lankford, Senator Sinema, a Republican and a Democrat, they've introduced uh, legislation that would provide more funding, more support for Border Patrol agents specifically. We talk about the human uh, toll often, but not so much about the, the, the toll that this crisis is taking on Border Patrol. Uh, how do you think the House would um, go about uh, supporting this bill? Well, I can tell you the Republican side of the House will be in great support of that bill. I'm hoping that there will be some Democrats, lots of them, that will support this as well, because I don't think the Border Patrol has had lower morale at any time in their history. Uh, they have been, they have been just relegated to totally insignificance to be Uber drivers and babysitters and basically facilitators and processors of illegal aliens to come across the border. Uh, you know, the law states, Steve, that asylum seekers are to be detained, and yet this administration under Secretary Mayorkas simply ignores the law violates his oath of office and continues to release these people into the interior of the United States. And the Border Patrol is suffering greatly. We need to support our Border Patrol. And after they were accused of whipping Haitian immigrants uh, of, uh, several months ago uh, and then being punished, even after they were found to have done nothing wrong, is inexcusable. The Biden administration is absolutely to blame because Mayorkas and Biden himself criticized them and said they will pay, quote, unquote. And so I think you're going to see uh, a, a day of reckoning in November uh, in these midterm elections. And when that happens, I think that you're going to see a, uh, a lot of Democrats that will be suddenly turned into lame ducks. And you, can, you don't have to look any further than Myra Flores in the 34th, 30, 34th district in South Texas, first uh, Republican elected in that district in over 100 years, a young Hispanic who happens to be married to a border uh, patrol agent. And we have three, uh, three other uh, Hispanics that are really uh, young female Hispanics. Hispanics are, especially in the state of Texas, they don't want to see an out-of-control border. They don't want to see the chaos, the crime, the disease, the drugs, the overrunning of their houses, farms, and communities, and ranches. They don't want to see that. And I think you're going to see a major turnout of t at least Texas Hispanics, and I think many others across this nation are going to vote for Republicans this go around. Uh, uh, people up north in the blue states where this isn't that close to home don't necessarily realize that. And it brings me to my next question for you. You mentioned Border uh, Patrol acting as Uber drivers. Um, people may or may not know there's a lot of uh, uh, illegal aliens that are being bused to cities like Washington, D.C., now New York City, and we're seeing the mayors of these two cities wanting to openly, publicly saying they want to turn these illegal immigrants away. Why do you think that is? It is incredible that somebody could be that short-sighted. The mayor of D.C., the mayor of, of, uh, of New York City, many of these other mayors. Let me tell you something. Our governor here, Governor Abbott, he's loading them up on buses and airplanes, and he's, he's sending them up to uh, D.C. And then all of a sudden, we had, oh, goodness gracious, I think, I don't know which mayor it was, either D.C. Or, or New York, it said, we had 2,500 people that have gone into our homeless shelter and overwhelmed it. 
Well, whoopee do. 2,500, that's not even a few hours what comes across our southern border. And they, they have been advocates of opening our borders up if, and, and, and swamping our border uh, counties and border states. And now they're getting a taste of what we've had. Texas Congressman Brian Babbitt. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Elon Musk responded to a post about the mass influx of illegal aliens coming into Eagle Pass, Texas. Musk tweeted 400,000 from one border crossing in less than a year. When the reporter confirmed the number, Musk replied, strange that this receives very little attention in the media. Nearly 100% of Americans say they are still impacted by inflation. This is while Congress just passed another major spending bill, dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act, last Friday. According to a new poll last week from The Economist, 95% said inflation is affecting them at least a little, and 56% said it's affecting them a lot. According to the survey, 98% of those who have been impacted by inflation are Republicans, while 94% are Democrats. Meanwhile, in Congress, no Republicans voted to pass the Inflation Reduction Act. Some analysts say the bill also focuses on issues such as climate, health care, and energy, which will not impact inflation. I had a chance to talk with Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs and got his take on the Inflation Reduction Act. Here's a look. Uh, what do you think that means for the people of Arizona and for the country? Well, I'm very, I think that's a horrible bill. I think it will actually extend the, the, uh, the time of the inflationary pressure. I think it will add to the contraction in the economy that, that's working on the other end. I also say it, it's very dangerous for the country because they're going to spend $80 billion on IRS agents to go after uh, regular Americans. And they're, they're scoring it as a $120 billion revenue gain. Uh, by hiring these folks, which tells me that they think that they're going to go after and attack Americans. And, and if they do that again with a political uh, purpose in mind, that'll be very, very dangerous to this country. So I, I, I hate the bill. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, it, you're right. Everything seems to run through Arizona today. That's an interesting point you make. Isn't it Congress's responsibility to come up with innovative ways to generate money, whether that be reducing taxes, um, increasing business opportunities, as opposed to coming up with more or building more of a bureaucracy? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we saw that under the Trump tax cuts because we all of a sudden we generated revenue, we generated economic activity. And when you generate economic activity, naturally the revenue is going to increase for your tax base. Um, and the other thing it is, it, those, it incentivized com companies to come back into the U.S. You saw an increase in that. You had 93 million people working. You had more people at work in every demographic with real wage increases than you'd seen in 40 years. And so uh, this notion that we should be raising taxes, uh, which is about, I think it's a $220 billion tax increase projected here, uh, it's going to get passed right along to down to uh, the lower and middle income people uh, because... Corporations never pay taxes. I tell people this all the time. You need to understand, corporations don't say, okay, we're going to go ahead and pay this tax. They view it as an expense, and they expense that out to the, the consumer who's buying their products. And so we're all going to be paying more. And in inflation, so you're going to add infl a more higher cost to an already inflated economy. At the same time, you're going to contract uh, the, the, the output of the economy, too. So it's a, it's a bad bill. It's a double whammy. 
Carson and Andy Biggs. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.